0: Welcome to ScreenQuest, a podcast where a fellowship of film lovers and armchair movie experts plays film roulette. I am one of your hosts, Chris Waterman, joined by May Finch. Hey, everyone! And of course, Will Rotondi. Hey, hey, what's going on? Not too much. I am glad we're we're back to record another episode. Not a whole lot's happened uh, since we last uh, recorded in. Uh, my personal life but uh i did enjoy the movie that we're going to be talking about today crimson tide thought it was a banger uh just like spoiler for the later discussion that is the movie of the show i'm very excited to talk about it how about you guys anything new
1: not a ton i was sick all weekend i played a bunch of stardew valley so yeah i have a new farm i guess that's new
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing oh yeah Uh, the game looks very soothing. I've never like played it for more than a half hour or so, but it looks very soothing. Yeah. Is it?
1: Yes, it's very soothing, but you, you it, it really ropes you in if it's your kind oh. of game. Yeah. So it's ideal if either you just have a wide open weekend and you can play for hours and get a lot done, or if you know, like I was, you're sick and just need a distraction.
0: Uh, we're very glad that you're you're feeling better. You're back in video form. I um, am. <laughs> yep. I am three <laughs>
1: dimensional again. <laughs>
2: Woo! Animated. <laughs> How about you? Will? Anything uh, new going on? Hi. Uh, we were talking off off mic earlier. I just my week was catching up on like schoolwork, and then when I had a break, I decided to refresh my knowledge of Rec Two in honor of our last podcast, and then continue forth into Rec Three as a double feature, uh, which. I will say two completely different films, uh, stylistically and well, I guess, as well as quality wise. Uh, I'm sorry, Rec Three, no love, but I, it was definitely worth it to see what it was like and remind myself what I I sort of remembered from Rec Two and how I enjoyed that as an extension of the original. I think it really added to the franchise. So, Jerry's uh, still on Rec Four. Haven't gotten around to that one yet, but. From what it looks like, it could go either way. So hopefully, hopefully better. But that's about it. One
0: of these days, I'm going to go through and like watch uh, all of the paranormal activity films because I think <laughs> those go all over the place quality wise. And I've only seen one in two. I thought two was uh, I remember thinking it was excessively boring when I saw it because, uh, you know, the first one was so unique in its setup and i felt like 2 was very much more the same but like a little bit longer and i felt like i saw a lot of it coming i heard that they go interesting places and some of the others uh, even mm-hmm. if it does kind of go all over the place quality wise so
2: maybe someday
0: oh, yes. uh, I, Re- I, the rec franchise another one sorry go ahead
1: i just kind of say i feel like the horror franchi- like the horror genre more than any other genre just has a bunch of like franchise like 10 movie long franchises like yeah the scream franchise too all the halloween movies just like a lot yeah, friday the 13th
0: <laughs> i think is like 12 or 13 movies and counting if you count freddie versus jason oh yeah um, true. it's because they always put asses in the seat you know like once once you make it past like three films if people are still showing up i feel like the chances are it's gonna go on uh okay. forever really like um like i don't imagine there's gonna be a world where like even if the principal actors die um, for like, well, Nightmare on Elm Street might be the only one like no Robert England is probably a no, a no deal. They tried to do that remake and it was horrible, but like Damn. you can put anybody in a Jason mask or a Michael Myers mask. And, you know, that's the kind of the beauty of that character is like a, a voiceless per- or antagonist that just uh, chops people up and throws them out of windows and all kinds of other fun things. So you can do that forever <laughs> if you want. <laughs> nice. We're going to switch tones a little bit, a bit of a somber note on today's episode for our little, uh, you know, um, I don't even know, opening segment here, for lack of a better word. Uh, Bad news today. We lost two amazing actors. We're recording this on the 25th of July. Uh, Paul Sorvino uh, first uh, passed away, Uh, widely known for his role as um, uh, in uh, Goodfellas. Um, he pay, played Polly, um, which is kind of like the head of the family. Uh, great role, but also in movies like The Rocketeer, Nixon, uh, Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann, uh Baz Luhrmann, is that right? Yes, it is. I thought I had like a little uh, tongue uh, twister there for a second, um, amongst other things. And of course, uh, father to uh, Mira Servino, who is an amazing actress in her own right as well. I just saw such a lovely little clip today of her thanking him at her. Um, academy award like win like speech and he's like literally sobbing out of yeah. like pride and happiness and it was just it was such a like little love me, lovely moment and uh seemed like an, an awesome guy um and then uh the other bit of bad news that we had is uh actor david warner uh passed away um who again huge long um successful career everything from uh being uh, jack the ripper in time after time to mm-hmm. tron uh to uh, titanic yeah. he was yeah. the uh the little lackey of uh billy zane's character um the first thing i saw this guy in actually was teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 the secret of the ooze uh nice. he's like the scientist in that and uh you know somebody who is really like such a fantastic actor it's amazing that he was just like yeah fuck it i'll be in the ninja turtles movie um he he does a little dance to the ninja turtles uh rap by <laughs> vanilla ice at the end that's real goofy um and of course yeah he has a really memorable uh role where we're all star trek fan, fans here in uh, the undiscovered country um yeah. alongside christopher Plummer, who was like the, the primary villain in that one r.i.p to a couple of greats uh it's always sad when you see um you know, any actor pass away, whether old or young, but, um, uh, I guess we could take comfort in one thing. Both of them have a long spanning career and seem like they really had a full life as, uh, as actors and put out a lot of great work. So we'll, their memory will live on, uh, in the form of film and, and TV. So RIP. Yep. All right. Um, well, let us have a side quest, shall we? And here we go. It is a guilty pleasure. <laughs> oh, I feel like oh, we're always one.
1: drawing that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's um, I think like I put four or five of them like in each. I think I did five like of each of
2: these. Yeah. Uh, nice. But- I think it's, it's, a, it's time to hear from you, Chris, because yeah. I'm, I'm sure we've we've heard from me. And I think I spilled on the OG Dune one time. So, yeah, I think it's yep. I think it's it's over to you, my my friend. I've got the perfect one. Um, yeah. So and I think it's circa
0: 1995, 96, mm-hmm. uh, filmmaker by the name of John Carpenter made a <laughs> long awaited <laughs> sequel <laughs> to one of his most popular franchises uh so starring kurt russell escape from la which is essentially a beat for beat remake uh of the original escape from new york uh stars kurt russell steve buscemi uh peter fonda's got a nice little cameo um soundtrack with like everybody from like white zombie to (laughs) gosh i'm trying to think who else like anyway um it's the nineties take on snake plus and, and, you know uh, that franchise uh, it look, it is not a good movie, especially when you compare (laughs) it to the original, which is sort of tense and had all this really subtle, like world building. This movie is over the top. Uh, Famously Kurt Russell uh, surfs a tidal wave. He's never ridden a surfboard in his entire life. And uh, he surfs a tidal wave through some of like the canyons or valleys of LA and then leaps into a Cadillac convertible um, to, uh, you know, tackle Steve Buscemi. So that gives you an idea of what you're in for if you watch this. It's really bad green screen as well. Um, also, the finale happens in Disney World, but I think they call it like the Happy Place or something like that because they couldn't like <laughs> legally say. Um, That it was like Disneyland, Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, But I I love this movie despite all of that. Uh, When I watch Escape from New York, like I'm genuinely like riveted and and like just in awe of how great that is. When I watch Escape from LA, it's just because I want um, just a heaping dose of goofiness and um, you know just uh, utter um, I don't know like stupidity, (laughs) like for lack of a better word, uh, because it is very stupid. But um, I love it anyway. Have you seen this, uh, either of you? Have you seen Escape from LA?
1: I have not, but I just, I really want to see the scene that you described at the very <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, you, you absolutely <laughs> should. So the kind of the premise of why there's a tidal wave is like, um, there's like a, in the beginning, like the little prologue, they set up that LA is separated from the rest of California via a giant earthquake uh and they turn it into a prison basically so la island like which it's called now is a prison and like once you're sent there like that is your life sentence like anything goes inside the prison like there's no regulation so like there's like mutants that like will cut off like your body parts like like for plastic surgery purposes there's all these gangs and factions Um, i think the one thing that actually has aged really well about that movie that struck me like uh recently was uh the president is very trump-like and his followers are very trump-like so he basically says that uh he predicts like this disaster like kind of just by luck that like there's going to be a and it's going to be god punishing like the you know the uh, the people that were uh strayed from you know god's path and so when the earthquake he's like unanimous unanimously like elected president basically like almost like a hundred percent votership because everyone's afraid and like he's you know got a very trumpist kind of uh attitude even look like and how he talks and stuff and that part has aged um unfortunately really well and I, it it struck me when i I was like jesus this is like
1: kind of like contact right
0: <laughs> yeah i mean more so though like when you see it, yeah. you know what i mean like it's uh it's a little bit scary but um in any event uh, uh I, it's worth the, like escape from new york do that one first and then uh, <laughs> it, it makes a good double bill because they are um very similar films in structure uh, kind of the way terminator terminator two is but like uh one is significantly better than the other the other one's more fun
2: but you know yeah mm. Not <laughs> well you've seen it before each one. <laughs> hmm? exactly you've seen this before right well You know what, surprisingly enough, I haven't. Um, I remember seeing trailers for this when I was a kid. And I didn't realize how far back it had been when the original one came out. And it was always one of those cult classics that I heard about. And I thought, I'll watch that one day. And you know what, I've seen stuff from that time period where it was like Demolition Man, you know, like Wesley Snipes and Stallone and catching up on all the Schwarzenegger classics like The Running Man. And yet, somehow I mean even Johnny Mnemonic with Keanu Reeves and yet somehow I missed this golden opportunity to go back and watch these two films so it's definitely on the list sadly I have to admit I have not seen them so okay I mean the first one is like
0: uh genuinely like one of the most amazing pieces of like science fiction like action it has everything you want a good John Carpenter film you know he did the score obviously and it's uh it's, I mean, like really, really good movie, but not not Escape from LA, but that's okay. We love, uh, I love it anyway. We'll put it that way. Nice. Uh, but yeah, well, I'm going to turn it over to you now. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about um, another, like, uh, I guess, ocean centric <laughs>
2: <laughs> movie. Connected by the water. Yep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> under the water, slightly above water for a little bit, but mostly under the water that's right we are talking about the classic uh crimson tide that came out geez what year i'm terrible with years i just go out and say it was the 90s sometime it's 95 so crimson tide which we got uh denzel washington gene hackman are the two main guys of the film uh it's very easy to see why when you start watching um and also the focus not necessarily i guess the main focus probably the easy picks to choose uh, of if we're debating who the the villain is in the film, which we all know watching it, it's a 90s film. You know they're going to push you towards one character, but it's always fun to sort of nitpick and go back and see if you would argue somebody else that might be at fault or you know what? It doesn't even have to be the main characters. It could be a side character, but I digress. Let's step back a little bit and talk about what's led up to why there's a confrontation in this movie. And long and the short of it is that Crimson Tide is... A little bit, it's kind of eerily relevant to today's political climate because the Phillips starts out with a conflict that's broken out in Russia where it's against the Russian government and the separatist movement that's going on. And America's worried because the separatist group has supposedly gotten access to Russian nuclear launch codes and has control of a facility that has nuclear warheads. And so they start deploying uh, American nuclear subs out to different areas in order to be the uh, deterrent against getting hit first essentially Uh, if they get orders they're going to go ahead and launch their nukes first and so Washington plays um, I think it's Lieutenant Commander Hunter he's the XO who's on the boat who goes out he's assigned to the Alabama which is commanded by Gene Hackman's character uh, Captain Ramsey and he's reassigned when their previous XO was out uh, due to illness and so they're meeting each other for the first time getting to understand each other's command style uh, for the first time and there's a little bit of uh, friction there from the get-go that you can see between the two characters or a little bit of, of questionable I'm uh, really sure what's going on but there's a little bit of undercurrent there and as they go out uh, they receive a communication from naval command that says that You know, the the separatist group has control of those nukes. They're going to start fueling them to launch. They've only got about an hour before it happens and they got to go ahead and, and they've been given authorization to launch their nuclear weapons from the sub. And at the same time this is going on, they come across a Russian sub that's out there, too, that tries to attack them. They end up getting another communication at one point that gets cut off. And so they're not sure what that's about, which is where the conflict escalates when uh, Denzel Washington's character Hunter says that he doesn't think they should fire their nukes because he's concerned that there's the possibility that the message that came in is actually telling them to stand down. Whereas Captain Ramsey is like, this is nothing. I don't see anything on this on this message because it got cut off my orders stand, we're going to go ahead and launch. That's where the conflict escalates to the point where they're both arguing at each other in the control room. And in <laughs> what you either think is realistic drama, or if you go to, uh, I imagine, I, I, I don't know of anybody specifically who's ever served in the Navy, but I could tell you from looking at Reddit threads, there are quite a few... <laughs> People that would like to tell you this entire movie is based on a false premise, but it's entertaining to watch how the conflict escalates to the point where Hunter tells Captain Ramsey that he's been relieved of command. Ramsey gets gets escorted off of the control or out of the control room to his quarters. Hunter tries to reestablish contact by pulling the or ordering the sub to go back to the surface. The crew starts to split up a little bit because some people still side with Ramsey and help him try to get back into control of the ship, which automatically means let's go get some guns. Let's go storm the bridge. <laughs> and from there, it just continues to escalate to the point where at the very end of the movie, we do get confirmation that in fact, those orders were to say to stand down. Um, but the whole tension is they've got an hour, both uh, you know this standoff with the crew, this potential mutiny that's going on, all of it and on on top of that another submarine that's out there trying to sink them while this is all happening so definitely a lot of entertainment uh, a lot of I would say a, a good build up of suspense and very classic sort of it's it's a Bruckheimer Don Simpson production so it's very much in line with what you would expect if you've seen The Rock or like Con Air you know some of those Michael Bay action flicks it's very it feels like it and not just because the music is also Hans Zimmer but just that sort of I don't know it feels like it's all the same world when you watch these characters because in some respects they take a, a premise that seems plausible and then it just there's aspects of this movie that are so unrealistic and almost goofy and yet it still feels like it's it, it's its own world it's it's a an environment that makes sense it's like armageddon you know at some point you, you don't really question the logic behind it you just go with it and so that was that's that's pretty much uh a recap of the film but yeah so we've got the main antagonist you've got denzel you've got hackman going at it um who you think may or may not be right and the choices that they make but there's also a lot of other characters in the film too not to mention a, a dog that is yes there is a dog on the ship <laughs> so we can't we can't forget about bear but uh but yeah so before we go into a little bit more of the who's the who's the real villain of the movie um i would like to get a little bit of feedback for both of you i know chris is already uh segwayed into that a little bit about his his enjoyment of it um so i think we'll go ahead and we'll start with you chris and tell us a little bit more about what you thought your initial impressions uh if, you know what if we all need ranks for this too like exo waterman uh you've 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 got the floor man <laughs> let's go ahead and let's talk shop on that
0: oh yeah man um i i love this movie i had such a good time with it uh i think all your points i i can tell you my stepdad spent uh, most of his 20 years in the Navy on uh, this type of submarine, I don't know if it's the, right, the same class, but with nuclear warheads, uh, he was uh, like WEPS. That's the closest job that he he was a oh, uh, nice. senior chief, and he was in charge of like you know maintaining uh, torpedoes and the the, the nuclear uh, armaments aboard the submarine. Um, it, he uh, basically uh, has told me like I think this one Huntford October like there are aspects of it that are very realistic in terms of like the look and feel of the submarine some of like the crew interactions but as far as like how this unfolds it's complete horseshit um but he still loves this movie anyway because you know that was his his life for a long long time so um, uh, but no I had a great time like this was very Hitchcockian in a lot of ways for me like I think the way that they mm-hmm. like the plot device of like this like uh incomplete message and sort of like what what's at stake like the suspense was super high for the final hour of this movie i think that the uh interplay between denzel and gene hackman was just a uh, top notch um those scenes that they kind of build that finally build t- towards that confrontation to kind of establish a little bit of what side of the fence they sit on and and their different styles and things like that were great supporting characters amazing um i mean dude like Talk about a movie. I think that it like you, if this was like a milk or wine, like I would this would be wine all day for me. I think this movie (laughs) is uh it's just incredible. And yes, it does have that Brookheimer Don Simpson flair, but you don't really care, do you? Like you're you're here for the ride when you like I feel like you just gotta kind of surrender yourself to a movie like this and um, it's very enjoyable once you do, but I think this is even like, probably like one of the better ones in those list of movies that you kind of, you know, you, you mm-hmm. named, I mean, the rocks fun, Con Air's fun. I think this one is a bit more ele- for me anyway. And I, I don't know if that's the strength of the cast or, um, uh, maybe that it, it, is pulled back a little bit like you're, you're not landing a plane on the vegas airstrip for example um <laughs> you know or, or doing some of the crazy shit that you see in the rock so maybe like it is maybe a little more like pared down uh tony scott directed too man like r.i.p mm-hmm. to that legend uh famous brother of ridley scott who made the original top gun uh and uh, true romance which is like one of my favorite 90s like movie tarantino written of course Uh, but I, I really, I can't sing this movie's praises enough for like what it is, you know? Um, it is just, it is as good as it gets for me for like, kind of like a a military action, like drama kind of thing.
2: So that's my excellent. No, that's great, man. And that's actually a good point, um, to mention Tony Scott, because in that respect, I think all the films that I listed off were definitely Michael Bay, which he has a very distinctive flair for the, uh, over the top dramatic explosions. So (laughs) uh bay him aside we can yeah tony scott's he's a little bit more pared down with that but still like sort of the action like i think man on fire when he was he directed and denzel came back to star in so sort of along that that uh maybe even domino i think kira knightley i can't remember that one for sure but yeah all right captain finch what do you got (laughs) what are your thoughts
1: um I liked it. I'm not gonna be able to sing its praises quite as eloquently as, as Chris did, I think. But I don't usually gravitate towards war films. I tend to either get overwhelmed or bored <laughs> one or the other. Um, so I actually really enjoyed this. The suspense was great for me. I agree, it's very Hitchcockian. Um I thought that Ramsey and Hunter were really well done foils to one another. And I appreciated that. I also appreciated that you see a lot of the kind of um, like systemic prejudices and and stigmas in the Navy as as well, both in terms of like uh, like the, the the coded language that's used, all the all the like fat phobia on the ship, um, and also just like the the stuff people are very comfortable doing to anyone who's like lower ranking than they are or has served less time than they have um so like that didn't like pull any punches with regard to that kind of stuff um and i love i loved bear i know it was like trying to show that like Ramsey was kind of unreasonable and eccentric but i love bear (laughs) (laughs) the most
2: innocent character in the entire film
1: we need more dogs on subs
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely true.
1: <laughs> so yeah, no, I I like them all. Um, I think there was only one point. Uh, like it seemed very unreasonable and unrealistic the like extent to which this escalated. Uh, but like in the moment, it was still quite suspenseful, which I think you know is a a delicate balance. There was one point at which I just kind of laughed because they're acting like children.
2: <laughs> yep. Which part in particular, just out of curiosity, do you remember when it was when you are just like, you guys uh, have to it's like when separate you two in it, a timeout?
1: <laughs> no, it's it's before either either person has like led an arms mutiny when they're first butting heads over the initial launch and uh, they're both just like screaming at one another. Like at the same time Ramsey's like, uh, remove this man and Hunter's like, remove this man and it, the, the camera pans over to, I think of might have been Cobb one of mm. the other supporting actors and he's just kind of making this face
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like yeah oh. me too buddy
0: <laughs> the third throw oh. your popcorn moment for me was definitely when Gene Hackman was going to execute like the little chief petty officer uh, and to me like it, you know and i was like I, I don't know that you could just quietly retire after like threatening to like kill right like Did that, that not that bot-
1: the court martial
0: <laughs> i felt like that was maybe a step too far personally like um mm-hmm. you know I, I i don't know like i I, and I get why that gets the scenes in there like he's desperate right he thinks he's saving potentially mm-hmm. like the the country from nuclear annihilation but still um the consequences didn't seem to match the uh actions personally Sorry to that's cut so off valid point. <laughs>
2: that was actually
1: so,
2: so, yeah, yeah. Well, that's excellent points that you've made too. I do think it. Thank it, you. It, you know. <laughs> 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 You're welcome. The uh I was trying to think of it. I I love how because I was legitimately curious after watching the film, and I asked a couple of my buddies who were in the army. I was like, just out of curiosity, like, can you? can you relieve somebody of command? I know it's sort of like, you see that a lot depicted in film and TV shows uh, when it's the military, and not just the military that we know today, like Star Trek, you know, so futuristic shows, Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, or just anything that's military based. Like, do you physically have the ability to just as a, like a junior officer to relieve a senior officer of command? Or is that just like, basically hollywood's version of saying the miranda rights every time you arrest somebody for like a cop show when that's probably not what really happens and i think the consensus was that you can't do that because it is technically mutiny if you try to to physically like quarantine not well, i guess i'm sorry i've got wreck on the brain if you try to physically <laughs> like detain somebody in their quarters uh that you can't do that as like a as an off as somebody who's lower rank um, if it was somebody higher up then you could but um, I do think it's funny too like there are so many very opinionated like people that have posted on Reddit or Quora or wherever you want to go where it's like this is how this film would have gone down Denzel would have said I don't feel comfortable I don't, I don't agree I don't concur and that would have been the end of it <laughs> <laughs> it's like they would have disagreed and then they would not have been able to fire and it doesn't matter how much hackman's character didn't like it it's like if we don't have an agreement then we are not launching and we are getting confirmation from somebody else if we need to Uh, i think there was somebody who posted and and this is all just you, you take it with a grain of salt you know whether or not it's true or not but i loved there was one post that i saw that somebody said to the effect of yeah i saw a couple of like my higher ranking officers Get into an argument in the control room over over something, and everybody around was not worried. We were all just taking bets on who was going to win. You know, like <laughs> like eh, it's not really an issue. Oh, okay, this is a nice little show that they're putting on. All right, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, but then you wouldn't have a movie. So also, I, think... I
1: feel like I mean, I'll, I'll get to this when we get to the who's the real villain part. But I I mm-hmm. feel like that's. That that's assuming that Ramsey is a, a, a logical person
2: <laughs> that is also true you're right which then calls into question of how often do people get like I guess psychiatric or psychological exams if you're in the armed forces and what are the chances that because especially it, that for was,
1: decades because he's like kind of a yeah. been in there for a long time
0: that's true the setup for his character like they they kind of paved the way for him as somebody who gets what he wants like having Mm -hmm. a dog on the sub for example (laughs) would not would that would be like all day against like regs um like there's just there's little details that they kind of lead, like kind of or not uh lead you to believe but like uh that demonstrate you know show you that his character is given a certain amount of leeway um and probably as a result he's a bit of a child you know i think internally <laughs> when somebody uh butts up again despite him saying he doesn't want um a kiss ass like that might be true but he definitely seems like he wants somebody that is going to obey like yep. so.
2: that's valid oh no, just when like he had his temper tantrum and told denzel to shut the fuck up <laughs> like i'm the captain of the ship so shut the fuck up you know like yeah it doesn't seem very leaderly but cool all right you know so but um well with that in mind the question is who do we think is the bigger villain so May, I'm going to turn it over to you first to give (laughs) us some feedback as to who you think did everybody worse than anybody else in the film
1: I feel like it was never like Truly a question for me between Ramsey and Hunter. However, I did have to really think about between Ramsey and WEPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, because WEPS manages to fuck over both of them in different ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh does have a spine at the end, thankfully. But yeah, it's just uh But I I saw the pain in Hunter's eyes when he realizes that Webs betrayed him. And that was a very, very sad moment. And the kind of like the most personally um, difficult moment too, right? Because like Hunter obviously has a very existential fear about like the world and his family and what's going to happen if they act when they shouldn't act. Um, But like he's also just realized that one of his best friends who is like at his daughter's birthday party doesn't think he's competent basically. So yeah, weapons is kind of shitty. Uh... <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Thanks, Aragorn, for giving everybody weapons. To take the ship
0: back over. Yeah, right? uh, for somebody in charge of all those nuclear weapons, he's certainly a fair weather friend. You know what I mean? Like mm.
2: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Someone a lot Uh, of, like, stares off into, like, the distance while he's smoking a cigarette. Like, he's just, like, contemplating, like, do I really want to do this? I don't know. Uh, That was kind of funny.
1: That was (laughs) the time I laughed.
2: (laughs) Everybody's just, like, are we going to do this? And he's just, like, you know, taking a drag. Like, "Uh, I'm going to wait this one out. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, I get he's in a tough place because I think he'd also served with Ramsey previously, too, right? Like, Mm -hmm uh so he's history of both of them managed to piss both of them off and betray <laughs> of <their drugs. laughs> oh, um Lord. i still don't think he's a true villain but i did have to think about him thoroughly for a while um but yeah with ramsey the thing with him is he's characterized throughout as being extremely ego-driven and in there's this kind of like work versus family dichotomy. Like whenever people are talking about like three percussions of what they're doing, it's always like, think of your family, think of your family. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's the kind of a throwaway comment that came back to me later that uh, like Ramsey's wife left him because he was like so dedicated to the Navy. And I feel like for him, he's, he's placed his work and his, his pride in his work and his ego above everything else. Whereas Hunter's like, I'm here to do a job, but that job at the end of the day is to protect the world and my family, right? Um, mm-hmm. I feel like he's in it for the greater good, whereas Ramsey's in it for more personal reasons. And I think that's ultimately what fuels Ramsey to be kind of a control freak and Hunter to be like, I really don't want to step on your toes here, but this is the wrong call. And I have to stand by that. So. I, I would say Ramsey's the real villain in the sense that he's a man who should not have the power he has mm. and is going to use it for his own selfish ends rather than to, you know, really serve a common good, despite what the his old pal that managed to, like, lead his court-martial or whatever <laughs> says about him. I don't think he was acting in anyone's best interest but his own. So, mm. sorry, Ramsey, you're the villain. <laughs>
2: Well, that's pretty much how the film seems. I mean, for a 90s film in general, they, they tend to try to put it in one perspective for that. So you're absolutely right. I mean, that's I would I would say that he is definitely set up to be the uh, the villain, the antagonist of the film. So yeah, it's excellent points. How about you, Chris? What are your thoughts?
0: Uh since I'm assuming we're going to boil this down to a human character, I would say like nuclear weapons would be the real (laughs) villain in general. War
1: is the enemy.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, He said it and they said it in the mess hall. He answered the question right there. No. (laughs) Um, No, I mean, like, seriously,
0: like, uh, I think one of the great poignant um, kind of bits of discussion is around like, hey, like, war, like, in its pure, like, pre-nuclear form, like, yes, that might have been sort of a necessary thing, but no longer, like, that, like, the, the true enemy, like, is, like, just war itself because of, like, the high possibility that you could wipe out all life on planet Earth um, uh, through... Well, I mean, something as innocuous as uh, two people that can't seem to agree on whether or not to pull the trigger and and decode a message, right? Like something that small could lead to nuclear war. But uh, since I'm, again, assuming we're going to keep it to characters, uh, it's definitely, um, you know, the, uh, I I would say Ramsey is uh, to to me, like very clearly uh, the villain. And one of the things that really stood out to me um, working in like leadership, like at my like job, I'm kind of seeing like you know different leadership styles. Um, they really delineate those two uh, and how like their interactions with the men. Uh, you see Denzel Washington like frequently, um, you know, giving orders and obviously being a superior officer, but taking the time to like get to know the men, to help them solve personal issues, to recognize when people are stressed, um, to give them outlets for that stress, and. Uh, he works collaboratively with them or like I should say more specifically, he relies upon them and lets them know like, hey, like, I'm relying upon you, whereas Gene Hackman is just kind of like, do this like thing, um, like you will do what I say, like period, like we are not a team like, they, like, you know, just they're very different leadership styles. And I think that was a huge uh, early indicator to me it was like, this guy is actually not really a good leader, Like he might get results, but getting results doesn't necessarily make you a good leader. Um, at all Uh, I think the willingness to you have to assume that his threat is genuine to shoot the petty officer Um, there's kind of that fake out with Vigo where he's like ah shit and you're like oh he you know Vigo's called his bluff and he's like I can't kill you but I can kill him and you're like well I'm pretty sure you would have uh, had um, you know fate not intervened with the Weapons being, uh, you know, not uh, not fireable or in Vigo kind of relenting in that scene, Weps. Um, so I think that, uh, somebody who says that he believes in the chain of command and, and military structure, he's also unwilling to accept the consequences of rules that are there to kind of like check his power, also, right? Um, so the fact that he won't relinquish command until like he looks around and like his. Um, not XO, but the, uh, the chief on the bridge is like, dude, he's, he's right. And, you know, he tells Denzel privately, uh, I don't necessarily agree with you, but like the rules are the rules. Like if we don't have that, like, what do we have? That's why I did it. Not necessarily because you were right, but like, that's, that's protocol. And the fact that Gene Hackman feels like it doesn't apply to him. Uh, I feel like also big old strike in the, uh, the villain category. Yeah. That being said, I do think he has a bit of redemption towards the end. Um, I was quite shocked that he, like was like, all right, you have three minutes. After all that time of fighting to the nail, I just expected him to go all the way, so to speak, and just like, you got that far, you know, why, why do it? But um, I'd like to believe that his little timeout in his and uh, his bedroom, <laughs> he's reading Denzel's jacket. Um, he's doing something that he probably hasn't done. Um, very often, which is like, he's probably looked at like the service records of people, but not really try to kind of truly like reconcile that with like who they are as like a, a human being and a person. And I like to think that maybe part of why he relents at the end is because he's trying to reconcile. I mean, he makes some snide remarks about the, like the Denzel's education at Harvard and things like that. And he kind of looks down upon them because it's not practical education, right? Of like being out you know, in the shit. It's, it's all like theoretical. Um, and I think, Um, maybe there's a little bit of mutual respect towards the end, uh, even when they don't have a clear path forward or resolution just by the actions that Denzel, I mean, he's shown himself to be, uh, very capable and he's shown himself to be kind of determined. And, uh, obviously he's gained the respect of, you know, at least like, I don't know, like roughly half the crew, right. Even if it's not all of them. So, um, yeah, I guess if I, what that all boils down to is, I, I think uh, Ramsey's a bad leader. I think he was willing to go way too far uh, and abandon protocols, uh, mostly because uh, he couldn't bear to to relinquish uh, command or like even admit that he's wrong all the way to the end of the movie. I, I thought it was a great interaction. Uh, you were right, ellipses, about the the ponies or whatever, right? Like. <laughs> Um, I love that interaction, but I was just like, you son of a bitch. Like you can't even like admit it, you know, all the way at the end. Textbook
1: narcissist.
0: Yeah um i thought he should have his ass should have been in jail personally like i was very surprised that he could retire quietly as i already said a little sprinkle
1: of attempted murder and (laughs) like (laughs) other things i mean he's
0: the one he's the only one that commits mutiny really like (laughs) yeah you know like you can't commit mutiny against somebody who's committed mutiny like at you it's not like well shit he was successful in the mutiny so now he's the captain if i (laughs) try to wrestle control back now i'm committing mutiny like that's all that works like so um yeah I think all all those points like like to me it's very
2: clearly and I know that's like what the film's pushing you towards but it is what it is so I feel like I'm glad that you brought that part up at the very about the mutiny and then the other like the mutiny and then the counter mutiny because (laughs) the thing that sort of cracked me up was it was like it was almost cartoonish how They take over the bridge. All right, now we're going to go down to the weapons control because we got an issue down there. But we're going to take everybody with us who's loyal to us and go down there to do it. I'm going to give you this key that you're going to turn up here. I'm not going to have anybody else stay up here with a gun. You know, or maybe not a lot of people with guns. And so they go down there and just happen to cross paths like Denzel sees them going that way. And you're like, all right, we're going to go this other way. We're going to get guns and do our own thing. And so it's almost like the whatever that song is where it goes like, you know, like they're going through different doors and. Oh, Betty you know, like, Hill! Yeah, yeah it's Betty Hill. Yeah, and so we're just like <laughs> this is so cartoonish because then they're like, "All right, we're going to the to the bridge, and we're gonna stop the missile launch and take that key." And so then they have to go back the other way. And so yeah, that to be it, it felt very, you know, like all these other guys on the ship are just like standing or literally so many shots of a bunch of dudes in a corridor on a on a sub, just like what is going on right now? Like they hear one thing over the over the intercom about how I have taken, like when Hunter's like, I have taken command and then like, what, 20 minutes later, <laughs> Ramsey's like, I have re- I have regained command. And you get know, like, uh, I think it's Ryan Philippe i think it's the is the um uh, he was in a few other films after this like cruel intentions but i feel like this was like his first film and he's like this is he in this i missed it yeah completely. he was the dude with the fish tank where he's just like chilling in the bowels of the sub and every shot you see of this dude and it's always like his shocked reaction about whoa what's going on you know <laughs> and i'm awesome. like this what would this be like for the crew where it's like every you know 10 20 minutes we've got a new captain now okay i guess this is what we're doing we're diving Wait, Talk,
1: can we talk about the fish tank it's like only the captain can have a pet with the exception of a fish tank
2: like somebody snuck a freaking tank on a like do you literally do you the really worst want thing to have water. on a thing that
0: will pitch like this like that's right? just part of its normal operation like that like it's not something you want like,
2: like no oh my goodness that's what made me feel, like I felt like when I saw that I was like this is like Armageddon this is like yeah that's what I felt like that tied me to movies that had like an animal that had no sense being I mean besides the dog obviously the dog too but we love the dog but it's like you know, just certain little things or like telling the dude who was on the boat or not I'm sorry not the boat but on the bus at the beginning to drop and give push-ups where it's like hey that would never happen I mean granted you would do that in like basic training but pretty sure that's like against regulations to just tell somebody to do that especially it's, it's on not, the bus I, I, is it there, not people that have <gasps> oh family. no um, be... it, it
0: would be frowned upon but like yeah. uh i have family members in the military and uh one of my cousins um, if if the uh if the flag was not up at sunrise when he went through the gate of the base he, he would uh put uh, some pretty hard pt on uh the cadets Uh-oh. that were working the the gate and things like that. So it's it's oh man frowned upon. But technically you can give that order like anytime that mm-hmm. you
2: want and just call it PT. And uh Ooh, they gotta man. do it. So well I also and this is no offense to the I feel like it's interesting when people try to have overweight folks that are like in the military because and uh this is where I might also need to have uh myself Uh, fact-checked on but i feel like most people are typically in better physical uh just physical condition i know there's a lot of jokes about navy guys but like (laughs) i feel like they're at least not pushing the 300 pound i think that was how much they said the one there's the one uh crew member was who passed away unfortunately so it's like is it really that case from what you're uh, from the experiences that your family members have, have been through or So, the only uh,
0: context I have for that is Marianne did tell me, like in basic, like, and this is Marine Corps, you know, which is Mm -hmm. not really like the Navy. Um, they would control both your rations, so like you could go on half rats, as they call it, or double rats, which sounds really gross, actually. Like when you say that out loud. Um, <laughs> Yum, double rats. <laughs> uh, depending on like right. kind of like what your you like, BMI up. was, and yeah, yeah, depending on like what your BMI was, and and um, you you could be prescribed like extra PT and things like that to to kind of help combat some of that. Um, obviously, you have to pick. You have to pass like certain like physical um trials, like to to you know pass basic. But I don't really know after that, like what kind of. I'm sure you have to do at least like an annual physical. I would imagine, but again, like mm-hmm. I, like that, my knowledge kind of starts and stops. And the hearing the stories about basic from from Marianne, but <laughs> it does right. seem unrealistic though, too. I mean, common sense wise, like it, it seems like yeah. you would probably have to maintain a certain level of like you know like a baseline of of like you know um fitness but i don't
1: know i think it's also probably different depending on where in the hierarchy you are because mm-hmm. i yeah. didn't have a sense of if the guy that that died was in leadership or if he was just kind of another deckhand or or what but i imagine like if you're in leadership you get a bit more leeway because you're probably not doing all the physically intense stuff anyway
0: i know there are like certifications for being on a submarine um i said that actually is deaf in one ear because of uh like an accident, like with like uh, pressure, he was like doing like a a dive like test where he had to go down, yeah. um, you know, so far like without like equipment, um, you had to be able to like you know swim down to like a certain depth and his, it popped his uh, eardrum.
3: But, Jeez, yeah. yeah.
0: So I mean, I know you have to do certain things, and like the dolphins, that was one of my favorite details on mm-hmm. their uh their the little lapel that's like a submarine thing, and it's like a really uh-huh. big deal when you get it uh apparently um i I don't know if this is still the case but like when you got it when they pinned them on you like people Mm -hmm. would like come by and punch them so (laughs) you know you'd be quite 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 bloody uh by the end and um that was only after they put it into a big old gallon jug with all kinds of alcohol like just like anything you could think of and you had to like tilt it back and, um, and catch them in your teeth. So like he said, like the <laughs> strategy was to like, like glug, 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 glug and get them like quick. Um, but most people himself included would vomit a couple of times um, oh. before they could manage to like get them in their teeth from just like because it was not he says pretty nasty um, on on purpose like what they put into the uh the gallon jug. so there you learn a little something new about <laughs> naval uh initiation but i but seeing the little things because he still got his um, <laughs> and hearing that story you know growing up a couple of times i was like oh there they are that's cool so that part at least is realistic as far as like the decor on the uniform but
2: Man, I thought college had some rough drinks. Jeez, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I have to I have to give my pick too for who I think the the film is in the film. And um so I will say I'm pretty sure that Denzel does technically commit mutiny because he's not technically able to to remove anybody from the deck. And so once he did, I think technically it was however there's a lot of the movie where you're just like that probably wouldn't happen i hope it doesn't happen but yeah who knows i mean it's, it's there's always a chance i suppose for that that all being said i think what really sold it for me for hackman being the villain at the end of it was the fact sort of what has already been touched on which is um when he pulls the gun on a crew member and it's like no You could be an asshole uh, of a captain but once you legitimately try to threaten somebody else in order to get what you want that's no you've 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 already turned your back on everything that you stood for so that was that was pretty much it for me i mean granted there's a lot of examples to look at for why he is not a, a, a good leader like chris like you were talking about um and definitely a lot of uh, not so subtle racism in some of the exchanges with Hunter uh, when they're talking about the the Lippen's honor or Lipis honor. I can't remember the, There's like oh, a the horses. Yeah, they're like there's either an <laughs> in or there's not an N in there, and I can't remember because I feel like it's mispronounced in the film, but I don't remember it either way i should actually research that beforehand it but is,
0: i will tell you if you if you want um yeah keep going i'll look, look it
2: up. oh no you're good but that was that was pretty much it i thought no i could follow you for certain things i could follow your logic um i feel like in some respects looking at WEPS, it was on the one hand you're uh may you make a great point where it's like oh so he's gonna go with these guys now because they Pressured him and okay, now he's going to go with these other guys, it was, or he's going to go with Hunter because he got pressured again. So he's just kind of going with whichever direction the wind seems like it's blowing. But um I also feel like because of the fact that it's so strange that this even took place to begin with, he's more just like, what the actual, like, <laughs> what's going on right now? I have two commanders that shouldn't really be doing either of the things that they're doing. So I think it's actually pretty realistic at the end where the, uh, at the panel at the closed door meeting where the one old white dude is like you both fucked up and you're like well yeah (laughs) but who pointed a gun at who like (laughs) right um I do think it's uh unrelated to some degree but also I thought about it Chris when you were talking about um sort of that a little bit of you have a little bit more I guess not necessarily redemption, but you feel like there's a little bit more understanding between Ramsey and Hunter by the end where he does give him the three minutes. And it happens right after Ramsey punches Hunter twice, arguing for him to give over the key. And all Hunter does is just stare him down. And it's a really, I feel like in that moment, it's sort of like he recognizes and respects him more for the fact that he didn't fight him back and that he actually stood his ground and stood for what he he believed in enough that he gave it a shot to see what was going to happen in those three minutes um i don't think that that's i i really don't think there's any way to forgive him for anything else he did up to that point i uh i think that technically they both probably (laughs) they both probably would have been would have been discharged uh dishonorably for all the crap that happened um and even as much as i hate to say it probably also for uh for hunter's character if they had decided that he had i mean the consensus is in the film is that he led a mutiny and from what it looks like it's sort of like yeah both sides tried to try to do some shady stuff they shouldn't have um but ultimately yeah Ramsey is is definitely the uh the bigger villain for me i would feel like i'm surprised nobody wanted to say it was the russian sub that was gonna sink him but you know what that's that's okay (laughs) they they were just they were going off orders they were protecting their their land you know and you've got a a u.s a nuclear uh submarine that's poking around where it shouldn't so i guess maybe i don't know i I guess technically Supposedly, Mm
0: -hmm. they had like surrendered at that point, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. they had every right to shoot at the American. I mean, if you look at Mm -hmm. it from their perspective, like, you have somebody who's about to launch nuclear missiles. The order probably would be: we don't know if they got this message because they haven't. You know, usually, like you send a response that, like, hey, like Mm we we've received this. And if they didn't get that response, like the the orders probably be as tough as it would be for us to swallow to like destroy Mm -hmm. the submarine so that they don't launch nuclear weapons, like on you know a, a nation that's like surrendered. All right so it's yeah, true
2: ah so. <laughs> uh, very hunt for Old october yeah, but, yeah.
0: <laughs> that um yeah. that punching scene i thought was such a great bit of symbolism on like where their ideology uh, ideologies like lay for like nuclear warfare right you have somebody who's mm-hmm. like willing to like punch the other and the other person that's willing to kind of like stare down like the other person and not flinch necessarily but also not to like retaliate i thought mm-hmm. it was just a beautiful bit of you know Um, symbolism for what had already kind of been you know the groundwork that had been laid for the it felt very on brand for both of them
1: yeah that really took balls on hunter's part
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. also just unrelated but man, i would hate to be the guy who's got to clean up after Ramsey's dog every time he takes a kiss on the side of the deck and it's going through the grates or like wherever that dog takes a dump like has the mm. man
1: not heard of puppy pads
2: apparently he 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 don't care you don't piss on that's the why hospitality bear is so late. yeah <laughs> that's right yeah that is awesome yeah it's like bear doesn't care either he's just like i learned from dad i don't i don't care i do what i want i'll bark at everybody so i'll be yep.
1: on the grass that says keep off the grass
2: yep it's <laughs> yep. just
1: a great way to wrap it up
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh awesome.
0: well before we uh move on to uh doing a little little game and drawing our next card, I do have a uh, a little trivia question for you guys. Uh if you read this on IMDb, no sweat. Um so Tarantino uh famously has a couple of like uncredited like screenwriting like on this. Uh, were you able to pick out? Uh, do you think either of you could identify like one like bit of dialogue or scene that was Tarantino esque? Yes. I got two out of the three yes. things that he did. Go for I it. Think I know one. Yeah, go for it, it.
1: Yeah, I think it's when um, uh, what's his name, the guy who I think is like down comms like comes to like get Hunter and like breaks the guy's nose.
0: <laughs> that might be, but I'm thinking more along the lines of like dialogue. So okay. think like. Think about uh like Tarantino dialogue and like where his interests lie, and if there's something that comes to mind. And while you're pondering, Will, what, what were you gonna say?
2: I think I I think I read about this, so I might actually um I okay. I've might might have cheated a little bit. But the uh, I could either say what I think or maybe I can give you a couple seconds extra. No, to go for it. it well there's a couple scenes, so like you just say one out of the ones that you uh say one of the two. The Star Trek scene, the talk, the reference to Kirk and Scotty for me, hands down. Any pop culture reference, I'm like, yeah, that's that's got to be, yep.
0: That so that's one. There's actually two more scenes. The comic were... scene. Yep. <laughs> yep. There okay. you go. Yep. The comic scene is uh, is one, and those are the two that I identified. Like I was like on the lookout for. I'm like, what's got some Tarantino flavor. Uh, mm-hmm. The third one, which is the most obvious in retrospect uh, that I, like, didn't really, like, pick up on was the discussion of what the best, like, submarine movies were and who starred and what, like, oh, a- not. Yeah. I was like, oh, of course that's him, like, yeah, I yeah. don't know why it didn't occur to me,
2: but, um,
0: yeah, so.
2: I feel like that was sort of hard to almost catch, though, just because of the, I don't know, maybe it was just the the volume when I was launching the film but I didn't immediately pick up on what they were talking about at first so that's actually that's a pretty good point and yeah I would have completely yeah I completely glazed over that so. <laughs> Same.
0: and then when I read it I was like ah oh, yes <laughs> the one <laughs> the most obvious thing which is like movies he literally owns the new Beverly like you know in, in LA and like is all about film preservation and has an encyclopedic brain but um yeah Neat little bit of trivia there. Will, you've, you've pre- uh, prepared a, a little uh, little game for us to, to kind of close mm-hmm. it out before we draw our next card.
2: I'm very excited for this. Uh, why don't last you, explain what that,
1: you... Yeah. laughs
2: that, Mr. Rotondi? Yep. So we've been talking over under a lot of the time with the Oscars, uh, but I thought it would be fun to test your knowledge. Uh, not necessarily in an over under uh, fashion, but still test your knowledge regardless. On the Razzies, so the the esteemed awards, not to be compu- uh, I guess confused with the Sethies although I have to say the Sethies might give them a run for their money. But I think it was pretty much since like nineteen eighty, these things have been going on, where every year they'll do like essentially the worst of the worst for cinema, um, and in terms of like worst picture, worst director, worst actor, etc. And so I figured I'd start us off, do a little test run, see how we do with this um, in terms of trying to decide what the worst film was out of a specific year. And I'll give you some options to choose from. So you can tell me which one out of the, you know, three or four that I'll list you think they are. So how does that sound? Sounds great. We're going on like (laughs) Razzie's one, I'm assuming, right? Like
0: that's the metric we're using
2: you got it so this isn't necessarily to say like did they get nominated this is to say of these which one took home the prize as the worst of the worst okay so so, all right this was back and so this is actually going to (laughs) be some of these categories are amazing by the way this is back in 97 so the category is worst reckless disregard for human life and public property
0: amazing
2: our options include yeah oh it's gonna be good our options are batman and robin the lost world jurassic park con air or turbulence
1: i'm gonna go out on a real limb and say the lost world
2: (laughs) ah nice because that's a jurassic park
1: film i've never seen maybe they kill all the humans who knows (laughs)
0: your guess isn't bad because they literally bring a t-rex from the island to like the mainland Mm -hmm. and it gets loose (laughs) and it fucking stomps through like suburban neighborhoods and stuff so that's not a bad guess i'm happy Um, with mine (laughs) (laughs) just to be different but i think you might be right uh i'm gonna say con air just since i said it er earlier in that scene of them landing on the las vegas strip and just like yeah um just to be different. Uh, I've never seen Turbulence. I know Ray Liotta's in that. Also, R.I.P. R.I.P.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Ray Liotta. And I want to say like Holly Hunter. Or not Holly Hunter. I'm sorry. Um, Ah, geez. Anyway, her name's escaping me. But also, I feel like was in in NCIS, too. I'm starting to play like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. I'm going to stop. But yes, excellent choices, both of you. The answer is Con Air. You are is. correct, yes.
1: Well done.
2: Excellent. I thought I thought you
0: were right, though. To be fair, I was just like, I gotta say something different, but... <laughs> the more I thought about it, I was like, that's the
1: right. Well, one. you're welcome. I went first.
0: <laughs> that one should have won. Snub. Razzie snub. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: just All imagining right. a
1: kind of guy that gets really upset about Razzie snubs.
2: <laughs> They're out there. Man. That's- we're so close. So close to get them all. So, this was back in 99. This is for worst picture. The options were... <laughs> sorry, I just laughed thinking about some of these films. But Star Wars, Episode One: The Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Blair Witch Project. Classic found footage. Wild Wild West? Or the haunting I'll go first this time if you want me do you want want
1: to
0: flip flop it go for
1: it go for it Chris uh
0: I'm gonna say wild wild west I'm not I'm I'm not at all but wild wild west is my answer wiki
2: wow wiki wiki wow wow
1: I was I think in diapers when phantom menace came out so I don't know if it was like contemporaneously viewed as a terrible film or if that was like a later opinion it was uh
2: (laughs) it was not well received i'm gonna go
1: with phantom menace that's what my gut's telling me
2: nice so the answer is and chris you're on it man wild wild west hey Hey. hey Banger of a song, though. We had some
0: Cisco. We're going straight Straight. to the Wild wild
2: West. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I have not seen that since its theatrical run. Uh, I just remember Kenneth Branagh is in it and Kevin Klein and Will Smith. And I do remember it being bad. Although we did see uh, Sama Hayek's butt. So that, you know,
2: (laughs) every cloud. (laughs) Uh yes. Yeah, uh, that was that was funny too, because that was like riding off of like Men in Black fame, I think. Uh, I was mm-hmm. like the same director. And so they were like, Oh, this is gonna be really good. And then yeah, I will say I like it more. I don't hate the movie. I actually like it. I think most people don't enjoy it that I talk to, but I actually kind of appreciate it because it is so campy and over the top. Um if you're watching it to be like the original series wild wild west you it, it's night and day it's not even remotely the same thing but it's um i don't know it was just something quirky and weird about it and i thought i could i could follow this it's so over the top and ridiculous but it's like funny over the top and ridiculous so i don't know i appreciated it for what it was 2010 the worst eye gouging misuse of 3d oh gosh <laughs> did it go to i think i
1: know <laughs> oh, I...
0: give her double points if uh she gets yes. go ahead you can give, you can right. give a
1: it's do it's, you want to if it okay I, i'm just gonna like
2: do you want to just throw it out there do you want i think
1: it's the third spy kids but that's just my gut um okay i want to see what Is your that, options are that's what came yeah, to mind that's
0: all right. it's not on the list you should give her the opportunity
2: to guess something that's on the list. but if that's on there then <laughs> double points if she's right so your options are the last airbender cats and dogs the revenge of kitty galore or clash of the titans
1: okay so it's not um
2: Actually, I should throw in one more. I, I gave you three options. Also, saw 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps based on that title alone, uh, to uh, to be to be it. But since I've thrown it in there, obviously, we know that's not really the one. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, <laughs> I appreciate um, the. I felt extra I felt like option, I had but... to throw it in there <laughs> as an option because I can't yeah. just leave you again because the title is too good to pass up. But yeah, no
1: see the thing is i think i saw both of the first two films but not in 3d because my parents were cheap sorry mom and dad i'm just gonna say kitty galore
0: (laughs) nice i don't feel strongly about any of these and since i don't remember what the first one is i'm gonna say Clash of the titans i don't remember what you said for the first one so i'm just gonna go with that by process of elimination
2: that's all right so it's actually the last Airbender, which was the Shyamalan attempt at doing Avatar, oh. which was eye gougingly horrible in many ways. But yes, that was that was it. So
1: I was gonna say it was a terrible movie. I just I never saw the three D version, so I don't yeah. know if that was part of it.
2: That is all sure didn't know. help. No, <laughs> couldn't save it. All right, we're gonna do this a little bit closer to current time so 2016 worst picture did it go to (laughs) oh man dirty grandpa (laughs) independence day resurgence zoolander 2 or hillary's america the secret history of the democratic party
1: Those are all hot contenders right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Hillary's America because that's an election year. And I feel like that would have been mm. hopefully made fun of. It sounds like a real bad movie. It's another pick.
1: I'm going to say Zoolander, too.
2: Yeah, nice. Okay. So the answer is Hillary's America. Okay, yeah. Was in fact the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Although Zoolander man, there there were some definite, like you said, there were some contenders in this group because there were a lot of uh, a lot of sequel nostalgia seeking films that mm, not doing so well.
0: And Dirty Grandpa is the is the De Niro Zach Efron one, not like the um, mm-hmm. bad
2: Grandpa the one with Johnny Knoxville, right? Which was actually supposed to be kind of funny i think uh the, yeah that's right i I was almost thinking bad santa with billy bob thorn there's a lot of just really weird like dumb comedy films but yeah i think you're great right on those yeah. yeah yes and then i think also on here was i didn't mention it but batman versus superman dawn of justice was also up um as well yeah all right let's is see that... if
1: i can get on the board with this one
2: i, I believe in you i believe hey. it is possible like I mean, I've been there. <laughs> I We've understand. There.
1: <laughs> Actually, I don't know if Chris has been there.
2: <laughs> there's no way either. I mean, we would have to like tag team it to take this dude down. Yeah, like, I know. There's no way. The only way that we can win <laughs> is like coming up with. Like,
0: I've lost Joel. games. I've lost games. I don't know that I've gotten the goose <laughs> egg, but I've lost.
1: Yeah, Killer Queen.
0: <laughs> no, no. I, I, on this podcast, I, I uh, I've lost before.
2: I have. Can you name a time when that happened? <laughs> think, uh, like the last pitch storm, for sure. I lost. Uh, oh, so uh, you had to come up with the okay, ah, okay.
1: We That's only do it. one round, though.
2: That is valid.
0: Yeah, but you—I mean, you—I I had to watch in shame and uh, edit <laughs> how badly I lost that. Like you, you just roundly spanked me on
2: that. That was terrible. Uh, anyway, all right. We're gonna fit. It. You got it, May. I believe in you. We're going to channel some good vibes. We're going to bring it home. All right. in fact, if you get this, we'll give you six points to, to, to tromp out <laughs> Mr. Waterman over here. Hey, you're the host.
0: You make the rules.
2: So.
0: <laughs> it's it's curveball. <laughs> I, I do not concur. Take this man off the... Uh, <laughs> I'm
2: the captain of this boat.
1: I'm the captain, actually, and I do concur. Sorry, Exo Waterman.
2: <laughs> captain. Nice. <laughs> captain Fish has spoken. No, no, that's, that's
0: cool. I, 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 I do agree to the turn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we're gonna go, we're gonna go is uh last year. We're doing 2021, baby. So
3: Ooh.
2: yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get real real quick. So the options <laughs> for worst picture are Space Jam, a new legacy, infinite, which I'm pretty sure was like that Paramount Plus movie that came out with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> um the woman in the window or <laughs> diana the musical
1: i think i know diana the musical
2: you gonna lock that in
1: i'm gonna lock that in
2: all right EXO, over to you do it's you confirm one. these orders
0: <laughs> we got infinite the woman in the window diana what was the other one space jam the new oh. one
1: yeah, Welcome uh, to the
0: jam. I'm again just to be different. I'm going to go infinite.
2: It's another one. All I right, Marky me. Mark. He's locking it in for Marky Mark. All right, so the winner for this round is Diana the Musical. Yes! You <laughs> got it.
1: I suffered through it too. My friends wanted to hate watch it, and like we hate watched it over Discord. <laughs> oh boy i'll never get that like two hours back and it makes me mad
0: what's worse that are cats have you seen the abomination that's cats
1: oh i the refuse, new one? To.
0: They, I refuse I, to i heard that looks like like a uh, something i'll tell Diana
1: you it's just like the songs are just the mm-hmm. it's a very sad tragic story right Yes. And it's like the songs focus on all the wrong parts. They're just badly written songs. The costuming is horrendous. The casting is terrible. Just I can't think of a redeeming quality. <laughs>
0: I heard it was bad. Yeah. Um, even they even fucked up the
1: wigs. Like
0: <laughs> even if it was wow. good, I don't know that like I would have necessarily watched it just because like I'm picky with musicals. But it doesn't help. Didn't they do like a storyline on the crown that same year as well, featuring her?
1: Uh and mm-hmm. there there was a like biopic starring uh Kristen Stewart too that mm-hmm. came out either that year or the year like around it. Um so like lots of content on Diana.
0: <laughs> yeah. None of it as good as the musical, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Well, well done, May. Good job. yeah i have yeah. through accepted that movie i feel like you deserve from the sound of it you it sounds like you deserve
2: extra it. bonus points i yeah. mean you
1: technically won chris but i i uh you won the popular vote i uh <laughs> you <laughs> looked oh, <for>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you've been certified <laughs> oh yeah. man nice awesome you guys well i really appreciate you being, uh you've been willing to try that out we might have to throw that one out there again in the future but no that was a blast because but... I, I, I loved that. it It was
0: like a specific category in those years that was uh good times mm-hmm. man
2: good times excellent Sweet. all right well... well back over to you sir for the next exciting part of our uh our i guess our order of events here as we finalize and wrap up for this go round Yeah, so
0: we're going to draw our next main quest. But first, we're going to bring in a uh, special guest through the magic of editing. So in five seconds, you're going to see a completely (laughs) different configuration and somebody else. Abracadabra. Wow, we we multiplied by, uh, what, 33% or so here. I don't know, math's hard. Uh, (laughs) We have a special guest here. Uh, from the ECG podcast and longtime uh, friend, colleague, Mr. George Arevalo from Miami, Florida. What's up, George? Going on.
3: Happy to be here. How's it going? Welcome. Yeah. Hey, man. You Ooh, got Chris. the distinct honor of being our first guest. Yeah. And I think this is actually our 10-year anniversary of knowing each other, Chris, because I got that nice, sweet $250. $250. $250. Free yeah, tax
0: baby. from work. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For, <laughs> For 10 <me>. years. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh yeah, um it would have been uh 10 years ago Saturday like we would have met each other at training for our company. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, that's true, man. Very special anniversary. It's only fitting then that you're uh you're on the <laughs> podcast as our very first guest. Well, welcome. Uh tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Like what's your background in movies?
3: Do you have a uh a favorite movie or a movie that was impactful to you growing up? Um, Yeah, well, my name's George. No no surprise there. Uh, You know, I was born in Peru, but pretty much raised down here in in Miami, Florida. Um, Background in movies. I mean, I love movies, um, but given that I came here at such a young age, uh, everything was a little bit behind. Took me a while to get accustomed. So I missed a lot. There's a lot of classics that I haven't seen. And just over the years, I've been trying to compile lists of things that I have to watch. Um, so a good chunk of the movies that, that you guys have done here, I haven't even seen. I haven't seen Terminator 2 even, um, which mm-hmm. which which or either any Terminator. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Like I know enough of what's going on, but I've never sat down and like watched that movie. You know. So, um, but uh, I am quite behind on the podcast. But I did see like uh, I actually just saw that I have seen uh, a, a few of the recent ones. So I have seen the Prestige and Equilibrium and No Country for Old Men. But a lot of the, the ones you guys did at the beginning, I have, I have not seen. So um, favorite movie for me, uh, it's a toss up between two. Uh, it's it's got to be the, the Godfather, part one, um, and The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, That's probably my, my two favorite movies, uh, which are obviously are old movies that took me a while to come to, to get around to seeing. But those are probably two of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know that I've sat and thought about specific one um you could swap in the godfather 2 but i'm gonna go with the original
1: they're so. solid choices
3: yeah mm-hmm. I think and uh, so.
1: don't don't feel bad about terminator 2 i saw it for the first time last month so <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right so there's, there's a bunch like now well recently with 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 a top gun maverick coming out now everyone knows that i haven't seen the first top gun either yeah so you know it is what it is, but I'm trying, I'm getting, I'm getting around to it.
0: <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And one of our mottos on this podcast is like, it, you know, why we love doing it is to uh, not only introduce uh, others to the movies we love, but to experience some movies for the first time. And why we like having our collaborative list. Uh, the last, I think two movies we've seen, or have been first time watches for me. So Crimson Tide uh, and A Wreck. I had seen mm-hmm. neither of those and um, I really enjoyed both. So um no worries here no judgment we have a couple rules no judgment or snobbery allowed and then (laughs) hey we're we're going to fuck up like just don't like (laughs) break us over the coals too bad like we're gonna say some shit that's flat out wrong uh, on this podcast so no worries there man well who's ready to oh go ahead sorry yeah
3: i think i've been pretty good with like movies that came out after maybe like 2005 or so like because i i go to the movies a lot like i'll watch every marvel movie on like the premiere date stuff like that But with the older movies, the classics, some of them don't hold up as well to me watching them for the first time. Um, So that's where that's where you kind of lose me. Like, I haven't finished Pulp Fiction. That's another one that Chris gives me shit about. Like, I couldn't get through (laughs) it. I'm going to try it again. Um, But I I just I didn't get through it. Natural Born Killers, I didn't like. But I like a lot of uh, Tarantino's other movies that I've seen that are a little bit newer. So I think I, I have a little bit of a disconnect with some of the older stuff. It Has to be really good. For me to uh to still enjoy it to this day. That's right.
0: Nice. We, we all right. have our personal taste, man. Of, <laughs> I'll go. I give you I only give you shit for Pulp Fiction because like I'm a firm believer, unless a movie is like really bad or like pushes like some kind of like trigger or like button, like you should finish it, like even if you're not enjoying it, like it's like what's an hour and a half, two hours? Cause there's some movies if I had stopped at like the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, like I probably wouldn't have liked or uh you know i like uh, some of my favorite movies kind of start off that way where i'm like ah, it's not really feeling this I and then yeah you know, i can i can name
3: end. you a movie that i'm pretty sure if any of you guys have finished wish you had not oh yeah what do you got? go for it probably the human centipede there we go <laughs> so
1: i've avoided starting
3: (laughs) yeah yeah. i can i will assure you you won't finish that movie and
0: uh (laughs) i would though that's the thing like my my threshold is pretty uh pretty high Uh, uh, what purpose like for stuff i can assure
3: (laughs) i can assure you your life isn't gonna be any better by finishing that movie or or starting it for that matter you know um yeah
0: i mean that's a fair point i've never sought it (laughs) out but but if i were to sit down and like watch it like I, i would see it through like
1: I, I believe that's called the sunk cost fallacy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, again, it have to be pretty bad. Like, put it that way.
1: Okay, okay.
2: <laughs> anyway,
0: well, let's, uh, who, who's ready to see what, what we have for our um, for our, our next movie? So we did draw a card. Um, this is me splicing <laughs> this in. You won't know what it is, audience, because I don't want to reveal uh, the films prematurely, but it was another will card. So uh, <laughs> let's go again. All right, so the next category is actually going to be a camp or cringe, Ooh. and it is number three. So, camp or cringe is where we take a film and decide is it camp or cringe. So, a cheesy movie, uh, over the top movie, and the uh, the pick for this week is uh, Chris Pick Snakes on a Plane. So, oh, yeah. Snakes on a Plane is it camp or is it cringe?
1: i'm so, so ready
0: we'll be discussing this who has not seen snakes on a plane all right
3: nice. so two of you have not seen it
2: nice. you're yeah. in for a treat are... my friends oh my goodness so yeah this i've seen see all Hodge the
3: memes Texas. but uh and never actually watched the movie well that's get exciting
0: then we get, we get to broaden your uh your horizons a little bit and uh You're going to be glad that you did, hopefully. Um, If not, that's okay. We'll talk about why it's cringe in that case. So there you have it. Uh, That is our next film. And uh, I'm very excited to see what everybody makes of this. I'm down to do this as a watch party, if you all wish. This is a great (laughs) one to hop
2: into a Discord chat um, (laughs) and uh, have have a beer or two, I promise you. Definitely some beverages will be needed. Yes.
0: Sounds great. All right. Well, uh, George, we'll see you on next week's episode. Thanks for being our first honorary guest. Uh, Everybody uh, else, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, Of course, May and Will, thanks for for, uh, being on the show as always. Uh, If you like the show, please uh, give us a like, share, a subscribe, especially the share part, like recommend it to a friend. We've been growing slowly and steadily, and we appreciate that. We know a lot of that's word of mouth. Um, but uh we really do appreciate it. You can engage with us on social media at ScreenQuest Pod on Twitter. We do Friday film polls and uh we may even do a giveaway some point in the near future. So if you don't follow, now's your now's your chance to get in there while the getting's good. So until next time, we love you.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye guys.